Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to have my next guest, Tuvi Lee, who is the program manager and community content at GitHub. Tuvi talks about how GitHub's focus on building community means she and her team have the resources they need to succeed. She shares some tips on how to empower community members at scale and how building relationships and scaling emotion in turn scales ROI. Welcome to the Community Corner, Tuvi. It's such a pleasure to have you with me today. Thanks for having me, Beth. I'm happy to be here. First of all, let's dive right in. Can you describe what GitHub is and what exactly it is that you do in your role? Yeah. So GitHub is a website and cloud-based service that allows developers to store, manage their projects, as well as um, track and control changes to their code. Uh, Most commonly, we're known for hosting open source projects. And for myself, uh, my role here is I'm a program manager on the community team, and I'm basically focusing on content strategy at the moment. Right on. And so the GitHub, I mean, the fact that you say you're on a community team, I know there's a lot of like solo community managers out there who are like, wow, how many people are on your team to be? So we have eight people right now, if I'm counting, if I'm doing my math right. We have eight. We're hiring for a few more. So yeah, it's funny. There's some people who, you know, run an entire community all by themselves or like run a Facebook group. And that is the community for the company. And so there is just like really the range is just so crazy. And eight might, eight people might sound like a lot, but I also come from Alteryx was my last job. And we had, I think when I left, there was like 16 of us, 15 or 16, definitely double digits. And so I do feel like it takes like a village. So A hundred percent. And I think, I mean, from where I sit, I feel like it speaks volumes about the industry. The community industry is growing because there's all these companies who are actually putting resources and money into building a community and building out full teams to make it happen. So I love talking about the GitHub community team because uh, I feel like y'all are just an example in the industry of like how other companies should be treating community. But enough about how I feel. (laughs) I want to hear more about, because I know you do an incredible job as well of empowering members in your community to be leaders and advocates and help you build. So how do you find the leaders? So I think the sort of easiest or like the, you know, the most obvious way would be to look at the people who are most engaged in the community. So people who are, you know, responding to people's questions, people who are welcoming other people in the community who are kind of setting the culture because yes, as community managers or any anywhere that you sit within a community team, you're in charge of the sort of the whole ecosystem, but I really find that the culture is led by the members and the people who are in it, not so much the employees. And so you're kind of looking at those types of people who are really helping other people. And then honestly, just like anywhere else, just like reach out to them and talk to them. You know, I think that 
being in a community role just kind of means that you're going to be customer facing. And so being comfortable with that and not being afraid to just reach out, DM them um, and just ask them like what their interests are. Like the more that you find out about a person, I think the more you'll understand their motivations and then you can take it from there. You know, I really find that you can have one or two people on the team or you can have 15, but no matter how many people you have, as long as you kind of scale that emotion, it can really like pay in dividends and like scale ROI too. Because if you can empower one person, let's say, they're not going to forget how that feels like or what that feels like. And they're more likely to go and find somebody else in the community and do that to them or for them. So yeah, I feel like just, you know, not being afraid to reach out and just opening up a conversation and then from there kind of see what their interests are. And I've found that a lot of people who like helping others don't always like to be in the spotlight. So they might not want to be, you know, like featured on the community, but they might like to have like a one-on-one with somebody who's brand new. So yeah. It's really fun. I think it's awesome to see that and and to be able to see it like the ripple effect that it causes. I feel like you kind of hit the nail on the head and it when you are answering I'm like okay well that makes a lot of sense because your answer is like spend time in the community. <laughs> pay attention to the people who are in your community and then ask them what they want. Like that just feels so straightforward. Yeah, it is. I think sometimes we overthink things like we'll say like, well, what does our community like really want to see? Like what's really important to them? And, you know, and we can sit in a room and bounce ideas all day. But like, I think going straight to the source is probably the most efficient and effective. And also it makes people feel good when you ask questions. Everybody's sort of journey to where they get to is just so different that like putting sort of like the, even putting the ROI aside for a second, just understanding who the person is at a very like human level, I think is going to be important and is going to like help you in the long run. So like, obviously there's goals and there's KPIs and all of that, but like, I think true empowerment just comes from like really getting to know the person and finding out what's important to them. And then doing that at scale, then you kind of understand what it is your community wants and, you know, build a culture and a sort of a, and hopefully positive attitude from there. I really like what you said when you mentioned, you know, you look at the members who are welcoming other members into the community and they're building that culture. I really like that you say that because I feel like for community managers, we set these values, we set the kind of guidelines for how to interact in our communities. But at the end of the day, you really do have to kind of pass the baton onto the community members and let them create the community culture and and define it for themselves for how they want it to be. How do you kind of step back from that role and allow your members to kind of take what you've built and run with it? So I think sometimes that happens organically. uh, And I've seen that happen a few times. Other times you kind of can test it. So, so for example, there's in most communities or really in any types of like groups of people, there's going to be different opinions. There's going to be um, strong opinions. And, and I will say that most of the time, the people who are most engaged 
usually have the strongest opinions. And that's not a bad thing. That's a really good thing because they're passionate about it. And that's why they're there. But that also means that if there's conflicting opinions that can really cause, you know, conflict, which again, I don't necessarily think conflict is a bad thing. It's just like an opportunity for us to talk it out. And so this example, like this one time where there was um, an incident where basically somebody was saying that, you know, is it more the quantity of answers that you're giving or is it the quality? What is it that the community is looking for? There's at the time, there was nowhere in the community that said, here's how you write a good answer. It has to be very, you know, long and winded and detailed. We want people to, you know, write answers, whether it's just giving the answer or teaching someone. So the whole teach a man how to fish or giving him a fish kind of argument. I personally felt like it's not really our place to say because person A might really just need the answer. They just need to know, how do I do this? Thank you. Goodbye. I'll be back later. And person B might really want a whole explanation and a how-to guide type of thing. And so I think it's like moments like that where you kind of really pass it to the community members people can write their opinions and say, this is why I think this is better. And then people can disagree. And, but that's the whole, you know, our job is more so to keep conversations open and let people feel or not let, but help people feel very safe in an environment where they can have different opinions. They can be completely on other sides of the world and still communicate. So, yeah, I guess I don't know if that answers your question, but it's, I think, moments like that where you really pass it instead of let me write another process how to do this. Like, you know, it's a blank page. So what do you want your community to look like? And I think that helps people feel a sense of ownership, which is really important, too. If you feel like you have, you know, stake in something, you'll probably care for it a little bit more. Yeah, I think, I mean, that definitely answers my question. And you talked a little bit about the quality versus quantity thing, which kind of helps because I also wanted to ask you about the metrics and, and what business goals you're driving. So where does community fit within the organization at GitHub? And what business goals are you driving with your programs? Yeah, so the community team, we sit in customer outcomes, which is a part Different teams are in there, but basically we all roll up to customer support and customer success. And so right now our goals, there's been a lot of reorgs within the team, but the goal is basically just to drive engagement and membership to the community. And so everything that we're doing from content to events, to program, everything is just to add that stickiness and getting people to find what what they're looking for and then come back, you know, and, and much like most communities, it's like, come back and then help the others who also just are getting started. We have like over, I actually, I don't even know the exact number. I know it's over 65 million developers using GitHub. And so, yes, there are people who have a ton of knowledge and who have been using GitHub for years, but there's a constant flow of like students and people who are just brand new. And so just making sure that we're pulling those people in and helping them where we can. Yeah. Awesome. And so then again, we talk about the the two hats and I really like you said, scaling emotion and scaling ROI. And I feel like that kind of 
sums up that wearing two hats, you wear the emotional relationship builder hat, and then you also wear the like ROI prover hat where you prove that what you're doing is successful to the business. So how do you manage to do both organically? So I think that like, um, when we kind of talked about this before, but at the most sort of basic level, no matter what role I'm in or whatever company I'm in, it's my, what really drives me is like relationships and connection. And I think having that top of mind, especially in a team in an organization, like a community team is sort of, I get the best of both worlds. So not only am I focused on helping the person or people feel really good about themselves, learn, empower, and then in turn helping people who are coming after them, but then being able to like show the impact that I'm making. So it's almost like everything that I do, I mean, I don't think about it actively every 10 minutes, but everything that I do, whether it's a new initiative or a blog or a project that I'm working on, I always try to think, okay, but why does it matter? You know, it might, it might matter to me. Maybe the answer is like, because this makes me feel really good and that's great, but it has to have a portion where it matters to the business. It matters to customer success or the success of if I'm helping another person or or project, then there has to be an impact portion to it. If it's not something that I can say in like a sentence, this is the impact and this is why it's necessary, then I probably shouldn't be doing it. Or it could be something that I'm doing on my own time. And I think there's like a, a, within GitHub, I think it was my first month here um, where we had to fill out our IDPs. And I've done this a lot at other companies too. And I get why it's important. To be honest, I wasn't that thrilled about it. It was just like, okay, another thing that I have to fill out and I have to talk about my goals for the year. But actually this one, there were a ton of prompts on it and I did it and I really enjoyed it. And I, you, you know, when I was done, I showed it to my boss and I was like, I am so proud of this thing because it really outlined how everything that I'm planning on doing this year on a very granular level, I can then look beneath it and see the impact and why this is important. And so I, you know, once that was done, I felt super like on track with everything that I was doing. And it's been about six months now. I still very much feel that way. So taking that out and kind of double checking every now and again has been really good for me. That I can absolutely empathize with that moment because when we introduced, we do OKRs, which is a similar acronym, objectives and key results. And when we first implemented it, it was like all eye rolls from me. I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, goals, this is boring. And I'm not even going to lie because that was how I felt. But now when I look at them, I get giddy. I'm so excited to look at how we did last month. It's awesome to see what other people on the team are working on. And like you said, you pull it out every once in a while, look at it and see that you're on track and remind yourself why you're doing these things and just get jazzed again. So yeah, I I understand that feeling. (laughs) Okay. Well, I have enjoyed this conversation thoroughly to be, I have one last question for you. And I ask everybody this, who is a community builder that you would love to grab lunch with? This is a really tough one because 
there are so many people that I just, I love so much and I would love nothing more. So I moved to London and now I'm just far from everyone. And there's just like ex colleagues that I would love to grab lunch with, but somebody that I've never actually met in person who I just really admire is Tessa Mero. And I went to a session for the community club event a few months back. I think this was like in March or something. And I went and I went to her session and at one point we broke into little mini groups and I happened to be in her group. And I just thought she was so brilliant, so well-spoken. I love the way she looked at community and advocacy and metrics, actually. She just was amazing. And I only had like five minutes in that little breakout room with her and I wish I had longer. But yeah, I I just would love to like pick her brain and share food. So she seems really (laughs) cool. I don't even know that much about her like on a personal level at all, but she seems really cool. So yeah, I think that would be Tessa Mara would probably be my pick. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing, Tubi. And thank you so much for joining me on the Community Corner. It's been so nice to have you. It's been so nice. And you look very cozy. So I'm I'm jealous. (laughs) It's so cold here. (laughs) Thanks, Tubi. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre. <laughs>